faith, and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. Great to be with you as always. I trust that you had a wonderful Christmas. Whatever you did, whoever you celebrated with, I trust that it was a wonderful and meaningful experience. I know for me, it's one of those not just days, but weeks out of the year when I just get to slow down, reflect, just be, which is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And I look forward to the week between Christmas and New Year all year long because it's just a really special time. It's that special time to reflect on the year that was, and it's also a special time to start dreaming about the year that's going to be in 2023. Now, what we're going to do this week is we are going to rebroadcast the episode from 2022 that got the most downloads. It got a lot of buzz. A lot of people were talking about it. I think it was just one of those shows that the title captured everybody's attention and just the reality of what we're in the midst of just is the reason this one definitely captured people's interest. It was one that was back in February, actually. I released it on February 1st, 2022. And the title of it is Progressive versus Evangelical. What does it all even mean? And here we are in this space where there's a lot of conversation about what it means to be a progressive. There's a lot of people that are pretty angsty about people and, and organizations that call themselves evangelical. And so in this podcast, what you're going to get to hear is me kind of break it all down a little bit. We, we can get so angsty and so connected to certain words. And I think it's really important that we grab onto what the word actually means in order to have more meaningful conversations around it. So with all that said, enjoy the most downloaded podcast of Chasing Goodness from 2000. Progressive versus evangelical, what does it all mean? Today we're going to talk about something that, uh, if I'm honest, it's, it's a bit of a struggle for me, which is why I'm, I guess, excited to talk about it. But I'm a person who, I would say I struggle, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll say it, I'm, I'm a person who struggles a great deal with labels. And the reason is because, it's simply because if I say something, then the person who's hearing it, based on whatever their own understanding or experiences have been, they have some very natural judgments or thoughts about me. So if I were to say, for example, if I were to say I'm a Democrat, which I wouldn't say that, but hypothetically, if I were to say I was a Democrat, then immediately by me saying that, you would probably have some assumptions about me, right? as I would if you said you were a Democrat or a Republican. If I were to say that I was a Christian, you would also likely have some immediate thoughts about me strictly based on your own background and your own understanding. And this isn't to point a finger at the other, right? So I'm not here to point a finger at somebody else saying, well, you're judging me. Because we're in this together. We all do this. I'm the exact same way. I have certain thoughts in my mind when someone puts a label on themselves as well. And again, it's strictly based on my experience. It's based on my understanding. It's 
based on what I listen to. It's based on what I read. Everything all together causes us to have certain thoughts about most things, right? And so that's the reason that I struggle with labels. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that they're actually pretty important to our our world to be able to function properly. There's this group of people who I found myself a part of in many situations, and still sometimes I do this, but they don't identify themselves as Christian. We avoid calling ourselves a Christian because we don't want others to assume that we're supporters of things like the death penalty or the Republican Party or that we're anti-gay or whatever, right? We're, we're worried about what the other person might think if we use that word. And like I said, I still am one of those people that I really struggle with with calling myself a Christian for a lot of different reasons. But one of those reasons is certainly that I don't want somebody to make some of those harsh judgment calls toward me. I mean, the token phrase is that I'm not a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. But as you think about this, that's a little bit silly because that's exactly what the word Christian means. So we can say all day long, I'm not a Christian, but I'm a follower of Jesus. But Basically, then you're saying, well, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus because that's what Christian really means. I think pretty much everybody understands that being a Christian means following Jesus. It was originally a derogatory term for people who followed Jesus, basically calling them little Christ. But it wasn't in like a positive light. In its very core, Christianity, the word Christian means follower of Jesus. And so the fact that a lot of us want to say, well, I'm not, I don't call myself a Christian. I call myself a follower of Jesus. When you really sit back and think about it, you're just saying the same thing with different words. Now, recently I have begun to notice a bit of a swing in the pendulum regarding this. And I would say it feels pretty exciting. I'm starting to hear people once again express themselves as being Christian or evangelical or progressive or whatever that label is. But then often what will happen is they'll call themselves whatever and then they'll add a little bit to that. So they'll add what they mean. I'm a Christian and then they add what they mean. I'm an evangelical and then add. I'm a progressive and then add. I'm a Republican and then add. So if we're worried about what others think, which honestly we all are, and if we're worried about what other people might be assuming about us, why not avoid that altogether by answering the questions that they're not even asking, at least not out loud? I was reading a book from a business leader, and this was a woman of faith, and towards the end of the book, she started talking about her faith. And she was very excited about it, very positive about her faith experience. But when she said she was a Christian, she immediately, in the very same sentence, added a little tag of what she believes, that Jesus is for everyone, no matter their gender, sexual orientation, or whatever. So in a matter of maybe two sentences, she defined what being a Christian means to her. So somebody doesn't have to wonder because she told us all. And that's what I'm starting to get excited about. So instead of worrying about what other people might assume about us, we can actually give the answer and we can actually avoid the whole kind of chaotic mess that we've gotten ourselves into here. We have this new word floating around. And by new, I mean probably in the last five years in the faith circles. So we have this new word floating around, which I'm sure all of you have heard. It used to be a tagline on this podcast as well. But that word is progressive. Our culture, 
<laughs> especially our faith culture, but I think just our culture in general. We love dualism. I mean, we love it. It's either this or that, right? There's no gray area. You're either a Republican or you're a Democrat. In the Christian world, you're either saved or you're not. Go back a few years. You're either Catholic or you're Lutheran, right? It's this this or that idea. And unfortunately, when we talk about kind of this new progressive Christianity that we're all hearing a lot about these days, when we hear about it, the unfortunate reality is this. Part of that movement of the what I would call the progressive Christian movement that we're in the midst of, Part of the, the root of it was that, you know, a lot of us didn't want to be caught in this dualism, this this or that, this I'm saved or I'm not kind of idea. And what's happened is we've inadvertently started another dualism. You're either evangelical or you're progressive now, right? Like nobody intended on that, but because our culture so naturally does that, that's really what we've done, unfortunately. Anyway, not really what we're here to talk about, but I think fascinating nonetheless. What we're going to focus on for the rest of this podcast is really these two words, so progressive and evangelical. And we're going to try to just strip back some things and some assumptions and some thoughts about these titles or these labels so that we can have a fresh approach to them so we can get away from a little bit of this unhealthy dualism. And unfortunately, both of the words, evangelical and progressive, both of those words are charged with a lot of emotion in our culture right now. And again, that's simply based on experience and understanding, right? It's my experience, whatever whatever my experience is or has been with the evangelical church or people who've labeled themselves as evangelicals or my experience when I considered myself an evangelical, that obviously informs my thoughts about evangelicals or the evangelical church. The same case with progressive people who call themselves progressive Christians, right? Same idea, whatever experience or whatever understanding you have of that, that's what we're going to base these emotions, that's what we're going to base these thoughts on. And I think what might be helpful is if we work to distance ourselves from these modern beliefs around these two words and really try to connect to the meaning or the intention of the words because I think there's so much goodness there. Now, for years... I personally, me, Matt Kinzera, I associated being evangelical with being anti-gay. I also associate being evangelical with being Republican often, um, with being pro-life. You know, these are some things that I personally, when I am judgmental towards an evangelical, these are some of the things that come out. So in the midst of my what I would argue is very judgmental spirit towards the evangelical movement or the evangelical faith construct, I had a conversation with a pretty well-known affirming pastor. And I very naturally in that conversation, and it was a conversation that I had for this podcast, so very naturally in that conversation, I assumed that because he was affirming of the LGBTQ plus community, that he was not or would not consider himself an evangelical. And so something I said alluded to that. I must have been pretty forthright about it because something I said alluded to him no longer being an evangelical because he used to be a well-known 
typical evangelical pastor who is not affirming. And he stopped me in the middle of the conversation. He said, oh, no, I'm still very much an evangelical. I'm just an affirming evangelical. And that messed with my mind because I had this thought in my mind that to be evangelical also meant that you had to be non-affirming or anti-gay. So it really caused me to pause and think. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we had that lesson from Jesus about goodness where he gave all of the people who were wanting to stone or who were going to stone that woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus by writing in the ground just gave them a pause, a moment for thought. And that's kind of what this pastor did for me. He said, oh no, I'm evangelical. I'm just an affirming evangelical. It caused me to pause in the midst of my judgmental attitude, and it forced me to rethink things. Now, the word evangelical, and I'm going to kind of speak in very general, not specific detailed terms, but the word evangelical simply means that a person believes in Jesus, has experienced the love of Jesus, and desires to share that with others. The sharing part is really the evangelical part, okay? And so the word evangelical just means, I believe in Jesus, have experienced Jesus' love, and I desperately want to share that with as many people as I possibly can. So you can be an evangelical who is a Bible literalist or not. You can be an evangelical who is affirming or not affirming. You can be an evangelical who's a Republican, or you can be an evangelical who's a Democrat. Because none of these things would keep you from experiencing Jesus' love, from believing in Jesus, and from wanting to share Jesus with everybody around you, right? It's irrelevant. Because at the core, that's what it means to be evangelical. Let's be careful not to just willingly hand over the title evangelical to a group of people with a very narrow ideology. Instead, if you, listening to this, if after you heard what I just called an evangelical, if you indeed are an evangelical, be okay with that. I would say even be proud of that and as you share it in your everyday life because you will because if you're evangelical you like to talk about your faith most likely so as you're going around sharing this in your everyday life simply say that you're an evangelical but then define what you mean by that maybe it's as simple as i'm an evangelical because jesus totally transformed my life and i simply want to share that love i've experienced with everybody i come into contact with (laughs) right i just did that in one sentence With a phrase like that, you just handed the person in front of you the definition. They didn't get to make the definition based on their assumptions and their own experience. You gave them your definition. So when you call yourself an evangelical, you're telling them exactly what you mean by that. And if they want to come back and say something like, but don't evangelicals dot 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 then your response can be, if you don't fall in line with that, your response can be, well, not this evangelical, (laughs) right? Because again, it doesn't have to be this dualistic mindset. It doesn't have to be a certain way. Because again, the core of being an evangelical is pretty specific. And it doesn't have to mean so many of the things that a lot of us think it does mean. Now, to be clear, as a person who's been pretty hard, (laughs) as a person who's been pretty hard on the evangelical church, in some ways, and maybe I'm just saying this to feel better about myself, in some ways we're talking about two different things. One, 
being evangelical, that's how a person individually identifies with their faith in this world. Now, if we talk about the evangelical church or the evangelical movement, we're really talking about an organized religious system. So in some ways, we're having two different conversations. So when I generalize and say things about the evangelical church, I am in no way condemning evangelicals. That's not my heart at all. I'm speaking against a system, not speaking against specific people. It's, it's unfortunate that some of that negativity in the system has taken on a certain ideology, but it is what it is. And we are talking about two different things. You could be an evangelical and have nothing to do with the evangelical church or the evangelical movement. There's nothing wrong with that. I have a lot of evangelical friends and family, and I see them firsthand live out their faith in some of the most beautiful and life-giving ways. But all of them are very unique in the way that they do that. And all of them live out their faith differently, but are all very much evangelical in who they are and how they believe. I personally don't consider myself evangelical, but that's not because I have anything against being evangelical. I think it's really something to be proud of. I think it's something that should be commended. I think it's something that should be looked up to. It's simply not the way that I connect to my faith. That's why I don't call myself an evangelical at this point. To be fully honest and fully clear, there were a number of years where I didn't call myself an evangelical because I didn't want to be associated with the evangelical church or the evangelical movement. Now I've had some time to think about that, and the reason I don't call myself an evangelical is simply because based on the very definition of it, it doesn't really fit my faith journey. But again, I think it's admirable, and I think it's beautiful. And I think it's something that we can all look up to and say, how beautiful are the people in this world who've experienced Jesus' love, who believe in him, and who want to share that with everybody else. I think that's a wonderful thing. Now, on the other side of the coin, as I already alluded to, on the other side of the coin, on the other side of this dualism that we often find ourselves falling into, is progressive Christianity. The unfortunate assumption that most people have regarding progressive Christianity is that it's liberal. And it's basically everything the opposite of evangelical. So people often assume that people who are evangelical are anti-gay. People would also assume that people who are progressive in their faith are very much pro-LGBTQ plus community. And people would often assume that, in the same way that people assume that evangelicals are Republicans, people often assume that progressive Christians are Democrats. The word progressive, even like in and of itself, the word progressive, there's like this thing about it that sounds super prideful. Am I crazy, right? So if I'd call myself progressive, it would be very easy to hear that and kind of cringe. If you hear it the wrong way, you could think somebody's saying, oh yeah, I've progressed beyond where you're at. I've progressed beyond that horrible thinking of the evangelicals or the Catholics or whatever, <laughs> right? If we hear it incorrectly or if we practice it incorrectly, it could really come across as super haughty and prideful. <laughs> I'm hopeful that nobody wants that, but I think there's definitely that undertone that we're dealing with here. Just like the word Christian or the word evangelical, as we've talked about 
just like with those words we're kind of missing the meaning the the core meaning and don't get me wrong i do understand that most people who identify as a progressive christian they they do tend to be liberal right especially the really loud ones however here's the thing if we get to the heart just again just like evangelical just like christian if we get to the heart of the word progressive here's what it means it simply means to develop gradually over time step by step. It's like a progressive dinner. It doesn't mean that the next place you go to is better than the place you just were. It means that you're moving slowly, gradually from one place to the next. So to be a progressive Christian simply means that you're a person who follows Jesus, who loves Jesus, who believes in Jesus, who desires to be like him, and you're a person who your faith is always moving. Slowly, gradually, step by step over time, your faith is moving. Not necessarily moving forward, or like I said, not necessarily getting better, not getting more correct, but simply moving step by step. That's why I really, I'm really okay with this word progressive. Again, as a person who really struggles with labels, I do find them to be helpful in some ways as long as we define what we're talking about. And this idea, of gradually moving step by step in our faith, that's the piece of progressive Christianity that I really connect with through and through. And let me explain exactly what I mean. First, even though I think differently about the cross, I think differently about heaven and hell and atonement than most Christians today, I still have this really deep desire to follow Jesus. And I have this really deep desire to to be like him. So whether I like to admit it or not, by the very definition, if being a Christian means to follow Jesus, by that very definition, I'm a Christian. Second, I'm a person who, one of the ways that I experience my faith, one of the primary ways that I experience my faith is by always moving. All right, my faith just never seems to stand still. When I was young, the reverence and awe of the Catholic Church was so incredibly meaningful to me. So many people hate growing up Catholic because it's so boring for them as a kid. To me, all of the statues, all of the kind of quietness, and again, the reverence, like all of that really was, it it just spoke to me. I have no idea why as a child that would speak to me, but it, it certainly did. It was so incredibly meaningful to me. So much so that for a number of years, I desired to be a priest. Now, eventually, as I grew into early adulthood, I was starting to struggle to connect with God in and through the Catholic Church. The things that used to be really meaningful to me as I kind of moved into adulthood we're losing that meaning or we're losing that, that connection to God for me. And that does not in any way, no way, shape, or form, does that mean that God was somehow absent from the Catholic Church suddenly. Simply that I was changing, and so my faith also needed to change and adapt. So at that point, I became involved in the evangelical church, which was extremely meaningful and it was extremely life-changing for me for many years it it just fed a part of me that was kind of this new budding young adult piece of me 
But then eventually, the evangelical church was no longer meaningful or life-changing or even fulfilling in any way to me. And it wasn't encouraging my faith in any way, shape, or form. And so I was changing. So again, my faith also needed to change. Again, not because God was somehow or suddenly absent from the evangelical church. But again, I was just changing. So I went from there, and then I became a prison chaplain. And I had some absolute life altering experiences with the men there, with God, and I tell you, I will never forget that experience. And then eventually, it became this place where I was again struggling to connect with God there. I'll say it again, not because God somehow left that chapel in that prison, but because again, I was just changing, and so my faith needed to change. And now, here I am, I, I'm not connected with any specific organization, but I experienced God profoundly through nature, through conversations, through writing, through this podcast. The evangelical church was not better or worse than the Catholic church, just different. And the prison was no better or worse than the evangelical church, just different. And now not having a specific community is no better or no worse than having one is just different. All of these have had positives. All of them have had negatives and all have been life altering faith experiences for me. So I simply say that I'm a progressive Christian because my experience following Jesus has been and I think will continue to be ever-changing. I often tell my wife, I say, don't get too comfortable with how I express or experience my faith right now because it's most likely going to change again because my faith is always progressive. My faith is always moving slowly, step-by-step over time. And so when I say I'm a progressive Christian, I'm a person that follows Jesus and I'm a person who my faith is always changing and always moving. So as we bring this podcast episode home, first, I think we have to be okay with labels on some level, not because they're perfect. They most certainly are not, but because they're needed for understanding. And if we try not to use them, it just creates a whole bunch of confusion. I mean, in all those years where if people would ask me if I was a Christian, I would say, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. Like it wasn't helpful. It just ended up being confusing. So I think on some level, at least we need to be okay with labels. I mean, I'm perfectly comfortable telling people that I'm a public speaker and a content creator and a podcaster. I'm perfectly comfortable with all the labels that I have to put on myself for my career. I'm okay with the labels that I put on myself as a husband and as a dad and as a friend. So labels are necessary. Labels are helpful. There's sometimes a struggle, but on some level, we need to just be at peace with them. Second, and I'm as guilty as anyone on this one. Let's be very, very careful not to assume things about people based on the label that they identify with. Many of you have listened to a lot of these podcasts over the last three years, and you know that there have certainly been some short-sighted, judgmental things that have come out of my mouth. And for that, all I can simply say is I apologize, and I am committed to trying to do better as I progress forward. And then the final thing is whatever way it is that you do choose to label yourself, Remember that you are the one who gets to define what that means for you. And as we chase goodness together, be reminded that what makes faith come so alive to us 
What helps us connect to the divine is unique to each and every one of us. And what's true for us may not be true for everyone else, and that's okay. And as we define ourselves and as we define our faith and we define our beliefs about God, let's just give others the freedom to do the same. And as I guess as long as your faith is meaningful to you, and as long as your faith is a blessing to those around you, then, my friends, I would say that faith is good. Thanks as always for listening. Thank you for another incredible year of the Chasing Goodness podcast. This was actually the first official year, I guess, of the Chasing Goodness podcast, as we used to be called Jesus Never Ran. But I'm excited about what's coming up, so make sure you tune in next week. We'll reveal a little bit about what's going to be moving into the future, a little bit of adjustments on just the way we approach this podcast, but mostly the same thing that you've come to love and enjoy about it. I'm going to get back into some really awesome interviews with some really incredible people. A lot of them I've already recorded at this time, so I'm just excited to produce them and get them out to you. And of course, of course, we start the new year all the time. I'm a music guy, so we're going to have a new theme song next week. So get ready for that. I haven't even worked on it yet, so I have no idea what it's going to sound like. But I bet it's going to be, it tends to be pretty funky, tends to be pretty awesome. Because I dig, I dig, I dig, I dig, and then I find it, and then I make it work. And uh, so be looking forward to that as well. So have a wonderful New Year's. Whatever you do to celebrate, please be safe. Please do it in the context of community, because what better way to celebrate a new year coming into being than doing that with people that you care about and love. And until next year, let's keep chasing goodness together.